When you find yourself between here and there, the now and the then, it can feel difficult to embrace life and all that it has to offer, especially when you feel like you haven't arrived yet. Wherever you're at though, we wanna help in that beautiful struggle of transitioning well through aspects of faith and life with The Places Between, a podcast all about transitions. Hi, I'm your host, Wendy. I'm a storyteller and a creative with a passion for adventure, fitness, and faith. What began as a love for travel, experiences, and community turned into helping clients around the country tell their own stories and inviting others to join them. I've always been passionate about people fully living. That means navigating those places between, opening up a safe space to have conversations and encouraging growth along the journey. So join me as we explore what it's like to transition well on the places between. everybody to another episode of the places between podcast i'm your host wendy and we're so excited to have you for another episode of navigating the transitions of life in today's episode i'm excited to introduce to you a friend and a mentor of mine she comes from a wealth of experience and a background in fitness of over 35 years michelle spatafora her workouts can be seen on DirecTV, as well as the amazing cooking show called The Fresh Table. I'll tell you what, guys, her recipes for gluten-free and dairy-free or even sweet treats alone are worth a follow on Instagram at Faithful Workouts. I had the opportunity to come alongside Faithful Workouts for a season recently where I got to watch firsthand how Michelle equips people in their faith their fitness, and their health on a daily basis. She also deeply loves the Lord and people. Within the first few minutes of meeting Michelle, this is truly evident. I've had the pleasure of getting to know Michelle and her husband, Jeff, the last few years of my life, and it has been enriched greatly through our time on retreats together and seeing the way that they do everyday life together. Michelle and Jeff live in the foothills of Denver, Colorado, where they can be found hiking or entertaining groups on most days. I can't wait for you to tune in to my time with Michelle today as we dive in to all things fitness, faith, and health, because, well, it's all about the journey. And Michelle is definitely one to tell you about fully living. So grab that coffee or maybe even a smoothie and dive in with us to the places between. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited to have you. Oh my goodness, it's so fun to see your happy little face on, on the screen with me. I wish we were super close like we see him on the screen. Oh, totally. Well, I'm so honored to have some of your time today. And I just shared a little bit of a highlight of who you are to me and what people see you as in the world as a leader within Faithful Workouts. But let's dive in and why don't you tell for those of the audience that don't yet know you or have had a chance to meet you yet, I'd love to start with this big picture of like, who is Michelle? <laughs> who is Michelle? Well, let me say there's a, Michelle has been, when you talk about a transition, I have been in a transition for many, many, many years. And I feel like I'm constantly changing, you know, 
who I am and everything else. But I guess at the very core of who I am is I'm someone who is so thankful that God came into my life that he revealed truth to me, that I have complete confidence that Jesus is the son of God and that that confidence is affecting the way I live my life. I, my, my hope is to live in such a way that each day I can become a little bit more like him. And so it's a big goal, but my goal is to just, you know, be more like Jesus and to let others come to know him. I guess that's the, you know, and I'm sorry, I mean, and then other things like, I love to be silly. I love to have fun. I love my dogs. I love being outside. I love to travel. But the cool thing is all of those things I can do right with God next to me. Totally. I love that. I love how you incorporate God into every aspect of your life. Because yeah. I think a lot of people don't necessarily know how to do that or they haven't seen that modeled very well. So it, it is um, to, to me, that's a game changer in people's lives when um, we realize that God, you know, isn't someone who wants to just sit in the pew with you at church, or he doesn't just want to sit in your quiet place at home. Mm -hmm. He wants to go with you everywhere. And it was really interesting how probably five years ago, this was really revealed to me. It's kind of a crazy story. And my husband was traveling and we were talking on the phone about how it really kind of makes us sad and it bumps us out that so many Christians aren't really walking with that joy always or peace that goes beyond understanding. They're not excited to go out and share their faith. And so we were talking about that and then I went to sleep and in the middle of the night, literally woken up from a dead sleep. And I know this seems odd, but it's the truth. I woke up from like just a dead sleep and the words fully integrated were like loud in my mind. They were coming within me and they were vibrating within me, fully integrated fully integrated enough that this girl who loves her sleep got out of bed and wrote those words down. Not like really understanding what was going on. Next morning I wake up and I'm like, when the world was that last night? I think I got out of bed and actually wrote this down. And then it occurred to me, the conversation my husband and I had had right before I closed my eyes and why aren't people living with more joy and more peace? And it's because they're not fully integrating. And those aren't words I would use. So I really think they came from God. They're not fully integrating Jesus into everything they do. They're putting him in his compartment, his little, they're happy if they can give him a piece of their pie, you know, rather than saying, how do I do everything in my life with my eyes on Jesus? Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. That's so good. And that's, I think that's something that as we mature in our faith, I would hope that most believers would say, okay, Jesus, I want you in every area of my life, not just not just this little corner or not just on Sundays or not just when I need to make a decision, like a big decision, but every area. Okay, so you referenced a little bit earlier of coming to faith. I know personally that you had come to faith at a later point of your life as an adult. Mm -hmm. So yeah. let's talk about you were already parents when you met Jesus, correct? Yeah, yes. Yeah, Jeff and I, um, we were living downtown Chicago when we met, and we were living definitely the downtown Chicago life. It was fast. It was hard. It was We were going and moving, and neither one of us had any type of relationship with God at that point. My husband had grown up actually in the church. with He went to a Catholic church growing up, but he never really knew Jesus, he never at all understood how his faith could actually direct his life and make his bed, his life more full. 
So when he went away to boarding school at 15, he didn't go to church and he never really went again. And we went when we got married, but the church was just a building. It was nothing more than that when we got married. And we had three kids in three years. And Jeff was traveling a lot. I own my own business. And so I think if there's ever a time you can open up your heart to needing help, it's when you have three kids in three years. And it's all... You know my kids, Wendy. They are feisty and full of it. They are fun and full of life. And so I just woke up one day and said to my husband, you know, I'd like our kids to have better morals than we did. And what do you say we go to church? It was kind of odd that I would even say that because I seriously knew nothing about Jesus. I didn't go to church. I didn't really know anyone who knew Jesus well. It wasn't like I had been told the story of Jesus and said, no, it's not for me. I never heard it. I, you know, and I didn't even know people who were living their faith that I looked up to and respected, honestly. So the fact that I said to him, let's go to church so they have better morals, it was God. I mean, he just came and said, all right, you think you're okay, Michelle, but your kids could use better morals. In reality, you do too, Michelle, but let's get her in there. And so we went into church and it was a little bit like the scales coming off. I heard it. I knew it was true. And I knew that if that this is truth and my life needs to make some adjustments so that I can live that full life that he talked about. And I got baptized when I was 41 in 2004. And in 2005, my husband was already working part time for a ministry. And I had started to incorporate my faith into a lot of things. So we were, you know, a lot of things happened kind of quickly, but when you, when you don't come to faith until you're almost 42, you want to get on it. You know what Absolutely. I'm and it just happens so fast. I think that's one of the things that I love about when the Lord, I, I feel like in my own life, when the Lord says it's time for something, it like, it's time. And it just goes really fast. Yeah, he, you know, and it's interesting, you know, so many people, everybody has got their own story. And that's what I think is so powerful. I mean, Jesus spoke in stories all the time, right? He talked in parables because people remember a story and we all have a story. And I can remember my kids saying, you know, because they were young when we started going to church. I think my daughter was like seven when we really started to attend church regularly. And my son was six and my other one was four. So they've kind of grown up with it. And she's like, I'm not going to have a story like you, mom, of like, I was here and then I switched to here. And I'm like, that's the, that's, that is a story right there. Your story is beautiful in the way that God's chosen to play it out in your life. And so every story has um, redemption and beauty and um, can be used for his glory. Absolutely. Well, and I love your kids too. They're, I wish I was a little closer in age because I think that we'd all be friends, but oh, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're all in their own faith journey right now, and which is wonderful to see. Denica has started a, um, a ministry a few years ago, and Neil's going in, in seminary, my son. And then Quinn, he's trying to figure out how his faith plays into his world of rock climbing. So they're all different. That's amazing. So let's talk a little bit about faithful workouts, because I introduced that at the beginning. And for those that aren't aware of this amazing fitness ministry, I do want to talk about your commitment to health and fitness. And did this start as like, have you always been into fitness? I know you've always like, as long as I've known you, you've taught fitness, but like in high school and college and as you and Jeff were newlyweds, like, were you always into doing activities and 
I wouldn't say always. I mean, in high school, I did, you know, your cheer and palms, which I wouldn't say is like extreme fitness, at least <laughs> back when I used to do it. And my, I grew up in a home where both my parents um, were European. And so we typically ate more real whole foods and all of that. But, I, you know, in high school, we had a McDonald's come to our town. And definitely we were hitting McDonald's regularly and, and probably drank way too much beer in high school than I should have and all of that. And when I went to college, I was about like, maybe 12 to 15 pounds heavier than I am now. Okay. And so when I went to college my freshman year, I decided to sign up for a conditioning and weight reduction class. And that was initially what kind of got the ball rolling a little bit, trying to start exercising or trying to you know, watch what I was eating a little bit. And at least I wasn't, I would say nowhere as healthy as I am now, but I was, it started a, a, the, the kind of the ball rolling in that. And then when I graduated college, I had a job all lined up and just before I was supposed to start, the company had a hiring freeze and I was like, okay, I got to make some money like now and I need to do something with my time now while I look for another job. And um, I went into a gym and I had taught like a couple just for friends, mainly classes in college and went into a gym and started working there and then got certified. And that was back in 1984. And I've literally taught ever since then, except for like maybe taking six weeks off for each kid. So I think I'm one of the like longest lasting consistent instructors in the world. <laughs> That's amazing though. That's, I mean, I can relate to the teaching fitness. I remember 10 years ago of being like, I think I'd get better hourly paid for fitness than I would at like Starbucks or something. So yeah. just even going into that of being like, I have to make money now. <laughs> Yeah. So when I, you know, when I first started teaching, um, it was all about, it was kind of all about me in reality. You know, I got to be on a stage in the center of a room with flashing lights and people had to follow what I was. Oh, that's awesome. You know, it was great. It was in the 1980s when that movie perfect, like it was my life. That was the scene. I was working in that health club and it was everything you see in that movie. And so, um, it was about me. It was about me getting attention. It was about me looking better. Everything was me, me, me. And that was a good chunk of how I lived most of my life really up until Jesus came in and, and let me know it's, it's not about you. And then, um, so once I came to know God and I was really, really changed for the better by him, like the peace and the joy and all those things that you know, you hear about really happened to me. And so I was talking to God one day and um, my, my personality trait, one of them is an includer. So mm -hmm. like if I'm in people in my house, I want to invite them all. Like I'm going to bring people into the party and I love a party. And so um, I was talking to God one day and I was like, God, I want everyone to know you, but it's yeah. really hard to get them to come to church. And then I actually stopped talking long enough for him to talk, which is hard. And he said, take me to your fitness platform. And at the time, I was teaching in Evergreen, Colorado, teaching at a just a regular secular gym. And I was like, really? Like in there? Like most of those people don't know you. He's like, hold on a second. Didn't you just say you wanted people to come to know me? You got to go to the people who don't know me then. And so I went into that room and I started playing Christian music. And I, I started asking questions of people. I was, you know, maybe a little timid at first saying something like, hey, this is a quote by a guy named Luke. He was a doctor a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> he was a doctor a long time ago. <laughs> you know, and I wouldn't reference it was from the Bible, but then I became more and more bold. And so just some crazy things happened. And as God would have it, I was invited to create a series for um, a show on direct TV. Wow. 
Okay, so I did want to dive in and share as much as or as little as you want, but I would love to share even just a little bit about your experience. Was it NRB that you went to? Yeah. Like, so God gives you this like vision download for faithful workouts, right? Well, it was it, the download came that I was to go to this conference. Okay. And, and so a couple people very last minute said, you should go to this conference called the National Religious Broadcasting Conference. And the NRB heads up this humongous like uh, Christian media conference. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I don't know why, Jeff, but to my husband, I said, I really think I'm supposed to go here. And about two days before we left, made the worst exercise DVD you've seen, like right before we're going. And I get to this conference and I can't even explain how much I'm out of my comfort zone. Everybody seems to know everybody except me. Like I'm like, hey, and I'd walk into a room and I have a DVD and I'm like, hi, here you go. And I just remember one time sitting there kind of like uncomfortable and I say to God, you owe me. I am so uncomfortable. <laughs> You're not really supposed to say to God, you know, oh, that was my feeling. That's how uncomfortable I was. Right. And I came up from that conference and it was a short time later that the, who, the NRB who heads up the whole thing said, Hey, we watched your DVD. And I'm like, they're like, watch DVD. But, um, we have wanted a Christian exercise show. We have a slot reserved five mornings a week, perfect time, you know, across the, all the time zones and everything. You just need to make 20 TV shows within like seven, eight weeks. Wow. Okay. How many TV shows that I made up to that point? Oh my gosh. Whoa. Yes. Oh my gosh. So what did you do? Of course. I'd have, yeah, I'm in. I, I got this. I make me, I make TV shows. It's what I do. Now, I, um, I'll tell you, this is interesting. And I, I say this because I think often when God is trying to use us in a way that's kind of out of our comfort zone, we have to understand that there is the voice of truth, but there's also the voice of lies. And the last thing that Satan wanted was for me to walk into this position. And so after I hung up the phone, literally, you know, this is back in 2009, the voice that first came in said, oh, wait a second, they don't know you're a nobody. They don't know that you're 47. No one starts a fitness ministry when they're 47. And this kind of lies came in, you know, but you start to believe the lie. Yeah, that's right. Who, what am I, what am I doing? But then right away, there is this loving voice and I get, I still can barely talk about it because it was so emotional. And he just said, don't you dare. I created you for this, you know, walk in it. You, you who, why not you? You're the one I've been giving these gifts and talents to. You're the one who has this unique ability to exercise and talk and talk about Jesus and cook. You, I created for this. And so literally some miracles happen as far as how we got financing to even pay for the production of all these TV shows because we had to pay and how everything fell in place. And, you know, that was back in 2009, that April 20th, we first aired on um, DirecTV. Wow. And that was kind of a funny story because we never had a TV for our kids. Like we had like rabbit ears, you know, no like, fun channels yeah so when our show went on tv i we bought direct tv package and the kids are like wait you mean you have to be on it in order for us to get it i'm like mm -hmm. yep but i'm on it so we're good that's so nice. that's how we started then we had the tv and um yeah and so direct the, the station's been amazing to work with all these years they've been so good to me and have had um they added our new show the fresh table which was a cool thing to add in there so we now have two shows that air and we're actually just going on Inspiration TV. We're on about maybe wow. seven other networks. That's and amazing. Well, so tell people what um, the Fresh Table is, because I know all the recipes. 
not all of them, but I've seen it and it's so fun to watch, but. You know, it, I'm glad you said that, Wendy, because it's, you know, sometimes people think of all I want to do is learn how to cook a recipe, but the fresh table is about so much more. Most of them I do with my um, son-in-law, Avery, who I love, 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 and he and I love the kitchen. We love cooking together, but more than anything, we love sitting down around a table with people we care about. And so as much as we enjoy cooking, it's more of a means to an end. It's what gathers people around. And when you have a meal and a glass of wine and you're sitting in a home, barriers start to just like fall. Like you, the, 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 the facade they put on when they're in a restaurant starts to come off. And I have had more things happen around a table as far as deep conversation and with both believers and unbelievers. And so we love the table. And that's why we called it the fresh table. Yeah. As much as at the table, I'm also about healthy eating. And so it's this combination of Avery and I kind of sharing stories about our walk with Jesus, about how the how the foods are can be easy and fast to make, and you know, how when someone's in your home, how are ways that you can bring up your faith that's not putting them off or putting them on guard? And you know, how do you lean into conversations and be present at the table? Absolutely. And so yeah, I've been I've been cooking since I was 12 years old. It's always come easy to me. It's just organic yeah, thing. And so I love sharing really quick, healthy ways that you can prepare a meal. I am so far from a perfectionist. And so I really encourage people to, you know, don't feel like everything has to be perfect. Your table, your everything, your, the way you're looking, it, it's not about being perfect. It's mm -hmm. about being present. So, Well, and one of the things that I love about even just the entirety of faithful workouts with the recipes and fresh table is like, exactly what you just talked about. Like there is no need for perfection. It's just showing up and like trying a little bit, knowing that God kind of fills in the rest. Like if we can show up and say like, this is what I have, I'm going to try to eat healthy, or I'm going to try to do a little bit of working out today and just letting God meet us like in that process. I you think know, there's, there's so many people that, that really struggle with inviting God into their health journey because all we're inundated with is like fitting into a certain size or looking a certain way that the media pushes out. But what, what about, what about being the best version of you so that you can be healthy and fit enough to hang out with your family and your kids and keep up with your friends on a hike or yeah. feel good enough to like get good sleep and not like have indigestion all the time, which is terrible. But it's just, I love that you, that this is an avenue for you. And yet God is like, God is the number one thing. And then it just trickles into. So let's talk about whole health, mind, body, spirit, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, people don't realize how connected really it all is. I think they feel like if they can run a mile in less than six minutes, or if they can lift, you know, 30 pound dumbbells, or if I can restrict all my sugar and, you know, keep my carbs under this, I'm going to be healthy. And in reality, you, the only way to reach optimal health is to really think about your your fate, like your stress level. Stress is probably, if, if there was one thing that could change the health of the world, it would be taking and minimizing the stress in our life. Yeah. And, you know, in that, all I can do is say my own story. And my story is that my stress is so minimal because I've learned to trust him. Yeah. 
And the only way you can trust him is to know him. And the only way to know him is to spend time with him. Mm-hmm. So really spending time with God will improve your health. In the, in the Bible, it talks about like, you know, I think more and more now people are just starting to realize how much our emotions, our stress, our physical health are all connected. But God has known it all along because he created our bodies this way. And he says, you know, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Mm-hmm. And if we cannot ever be at our best when there's stress in our life. Yeah. And I could tell you a whole like scientific, the process of what happens in our body with hormones and all that. But just trust me on that. You cannot reach optimal health if you're living in a high stress, you know, for, for extended time. Mm-hmm. And so having your, your, your faith in God allows you to, you know, minimize your stress. You know, things like anger, unforgiveness, jealousy. They literally are finding tests proving that those things affect your physical health. Mayo, Mayo um, Clinic, mm-hmm. a, a well-known hospital has done studies, medical studies on this. And unforgiveness alone yeah. messes up your, your health. Yeah. Like even, so- even like the like self, for lack of a better description or word, like self-hate, the way that we just pick ourselves apart. You know, if that's, I think if that's one thing that can get healthy, um, you know, I personally had a struggle with that, like well into my twenties. And it wasn't until like the Lord really worked to like remove the gross roots of that, that I actually was able to thrive in a whole total health place and also get like, have better skin, feel better, sleep better, all these things, because it's, you're just talking about forgiveness and, you know, it's what goes into our head. We've done um, some series called love yourself healthy. And people are like, is that even biblical to love yourself? I'm like, you know, yeah, it is. You love yourself, not as like, Oh, look at me, but you love the beauty that God's put inside you. And, you know, I think so often that that self hate comes from expectation is here. Reality's here. And that gap causes us to be stressed and to not be able to see the beauty in that we are because we think I should be living, I should be looking, I should be up here. But no one does that. No one can live that way. And so when we finally get to this place of saying, you know what, I'm a flawed human, I will never have a perfect body, and that's okay. You know, I am just, there's a scripture verse that one night wrecked me, and it's just all I want to be is who Christ Jesus saved me to be. Mm. I don't need to be more than that. I don't need to be a swimsuit model by any means, you know? I just want to be who Christ Jesus saved me to be. And so then my reality is if each day I come into it saying, God, help me today be who you created me to be, oh, made a mistake, that's okay. Made a mistake, that's okay, you know? And so you then can learn to see that I am beautiful. I am his, he loves me, you know? I don't have to be stressed out what other people think because the one who created me already says I'm loved. I love that. That's so true. I love that. Okay. So I'm going to switch gears just a little bit because I know this pursuit of faithful workouts really was kind of a big risk, but it was also a dream that you knew God was in. So can you speak to anyone that's listening that might have a dream or a calling that they, they really still feel attached to, but they're just not sure what to do next? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, I think discovering our unique Ephesians 2.10, you know, it says in Ephesians 2.10 that there has been some good works that God's planned in advance for you to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, discovering my Ephesians 2.10 was a, is a journey. I pur- was purposefully doing study and watching sermons and praying about, you know, what it is. And that's kind of where faithful workouts then came out of. But he has planned something for you. And to be open to it, and to not compare what he's put on your heart with other people, okay? We are all unique creatures. And like, I remember talking to a woman who felt very called to do a quilting ministry. Oh, wow. If you ask me to do a quilting ministry, I would say, please rip out my fingernails. Don't make me like, whatever. Like, I don't want to do that. No, but you know, because we're different. And I remember the thought of like getting in front of a camera and talking about Jesus while exercising horrible. So we're all uniquely created and it's being okay with your uniqueness. And in the journey, because it is a journey to discovering who you work, you know, what you're, what what you want to be doing, what your good works is. It's a journey. And just know that every bit of it won't be wasted. If every step of it, you are always with your eyes on Jesus and saying, how can I give you glory today? I'm going out into my mission field today, God. I'm going out to the grocery store. I'm going to get my hair. I'm going to chat. I'm doing this. That's my mission field today as I'm discovering more and more where you're taking me. And so to find joy in the journey and um, to don't let the lies of Satan influence you or or, or make you pull back and question Mm -hmm. If God has put it on your heart, continue to go with it, to continue to move forward, to continue to listen. And one of my favorite scriptures that I probably go to more than almost any other scripture is just this. He says, um, Paul says this in um, Colossians 1. He says, I work very hard as this, work very hard at this, as I depend on Christ's mighty power that lives within me. So I'm working hard at trying to discover this effusions 210. I'm doing these things like little trial. I'm going to try this, or I'm going to try that. or I'm going to talk to this person, or I'm going to be praying about it. But I know it depends on Christ's mighty power that lives within me. And I have that mighty power that lives within me. And so I'm not together. There's nothing we can't do, you know? And so you just realize that you need to stay connected to the vine because apart from him, you can do nothing, right? You can produce no good fruit. You stay connected to him. You stay close. And then you do action on what you can do, talking to people, trying different things. Absolutely. I love that. One of my questions was how you stay in the journey. And that was like, just that you said it beautifully. So thank you. Yeah. Okay. So here's a, here's a, one that I know you'll enjoy because I know we love to laugh. Any advice on not taking yourself too seriously? Even (laughs) even if we're called to serious work, like we're, we know that it's, you know, it's eternity that we're presenting to people, but um, I'd love to hear even just some fun examples. I tell you, I have a good friend named Eileen. And one time I was writing about like, don't take yourself too seriously. So I called Eileen and go, hey, Eileen, help me come up with some stories for what I can share. Yeah. Within one minute, her and her husband had rattled off like 20 silly things that I'd done. I mean, and what it is for me is if my expectation is that I'm to live perfectly, I can't find the fun in the story mm. because a lot of times there are things that I've messed up on. So one story I have Part of what we do is a cardio dance program that we have called Pizzazz. And it's actually based off scripture. When King David is down on the street and he's dancing because he's got so much joy, it's Pizzazz. 
So I create this really cool looking shirt. I write pizzazz on it. I reference the scripture and I print hundreds of these shirts, okay? So a lady calls me and she's like, hey, is that really the you know scripture you meant to reference? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's it. And then I'm like, why is she asking? She's like, maybe just go check. So I go look at the scripture and it says the scripture that is not talking at all about King David. It actually says he grabbed his opponent by his head and jabbed a sword in his side and they both fell down. <laughs> Whoops. Hundreds of shirts with that. Well, I told the story. Those shirts were sold faster than the other shirt because there was such a, a funny story behind it. So anyway, you have a choice. You know, at that point, you can beat yourself up and say, I can't believe I did it again. You know, how could I have not checked that? Or you can just have fun with it. And, you know, sometimes when I mess up an order and I send somebody like two of something and they only ordered one, I say, you know what? Let's take it as this was God's plan. And why don't you pray and give that extra to someone? So how can, you know, let's, let's go with this. Or, you know, one of my favorite stories is asking, I was asked to preach to a church in Pakistan and it was going to be 3 a.m. Colorado time. So I had to kind of set an alarm and wake up and I, you know, looking good on the top pajama on the bottom type look. And I get there and anyway, she had never run past me. This one question she was going to say to me that literally <laughs> wrecked me. And she said, Michelle, and how about if you leave a, lead us in a song of worship? Now, okay. I'm taking that on my best day. It's three in the morning, and I can see everybody in this packed church, and they've just been singing some songs, and they're so happy, and she tells me to sing a song. <laughs> well, everything in me is trying not to laugh, and I forever, for the life of me, every song I've ever known that had to do about Jesus was taken out of my mind. I can think of nothing. Not like Jesus loves me, this, like nothing. And so I start doing somehow this head bop going, <laughs> he loves my soul, he loves my, and I say it for like two minutes and I'm done. And everybody's like, oh my, my gosh. <laughs> you know, I could go on and on. I went to the wrong church yeah. to preach one time with my dog. I could, on and on and on. But my expectation is that I'm not going to do it perfectly. And I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me. I think there's a, a compliment in here. They say, you have helped me so much with my perfectionism. Oh, I love that. Totally. You can laugh at yourself. It allows other people to kind of laugh at themselves. And then you get a fun story to tell. And it's how you respond to it. You know, if you beat yourself up, there's no joy in that story now. You know? And how many times do we do something that I'm sure God or even Jesus is like, oh, sweet child. And they're just kind of like, laughing but like let me help you with that <laughs> okay that was a good little a for effort michelle yeah. right over here this time so yeah so, i just have fun you know like i think you know there's a reason god says you know let the little children come to me we get too serious as we start to age and you know as i'm getting really close to 60 i don't want to ever stop laughing mm -hmm. i don't want to ever stop being silly and sometimes i say things a little bit inappropriate i don't care you know i'm having fun and it um it makes us more real to people. Like, you know, if they think that, oh, I could never be Christian because I can't, I couldn't be perfect. I couldn't, you know, live that, that. Well, wait a second, she's Christian and she's not living that way. And it's, it's sometimes when we let the realness of our life show that it allows people to believe that God could love them. You know, our family went through some tragedies, some really hard things when my son took pills one day when he was 16. And I, our family had a choice to hide that from the world and pretend as Christians, we don't have those issues, or we could use it as a way to glorify him and say what Satan meant for harm, 
Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel good now. And my phone was open. And so, I mean, there's all the different ways that being real is really important. I love that. One of the things that I love about you and your husband, Jeff, how do you, how you do ministry and do life is that you are super real and your joy for the Lord and others just like, it really does ooze from you guys. So thank you for letting me into your life and even just for sharing some stories with us. Um, well, I've never been one to, I, when, when, that was truly one of the first words God put on my heart was, you know, Michelle, as you go on this journey with Faithful Workouts, you said, be real. And I said, thank you. I like that word. Like if you told me be perfect or be, you know, this way or that way. But when he said, just be real, I was like, yes, I like that word. You know, um, it's, it's, totally. it's so, so often we feel we have to put on our, our mask and go into the world and, and look perfect and always smile and, it's, it's just exhausting to live outside of your, your realness. And mm-hmm. I think people are drawn to real. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So a couple of questions as we wrap up for those that are dying to know what's been the coolest thing that you can share about marriage for those that still desire it. Yeah. I was a little older when we got married and you know, I was uh, right before I turned 29, I got married and I knew that I wanted someone who could make me, me laugh. And one of the things that I think is cool about our marriage is Jeff and I still laugh. We still, I'm not saying it's always like, oh, you're the best. But I mean, we do, I still think he's super funny and I think he thinks I'm funny. And so we have fun with that. I, I enjoy being around him. And I think also having someone in my life that has such a high level of integrity you know, that's, that's really cool. And I know that I know that God put us together back when we were partying fools and living very far away from um, God's probably best, but we both know that was part of our story. So there's no guilt or shame in it. It's part of our story. But to see that he literally got a hold of Jeff's heart as well as mine and um, how we each have unique qualities that when we come together, they can be beautiful, but in reality, I can be controlling and Jeff can be prideful. When we come together, we're both leaders. And so we've learned like, you know, this is good because when I'm with you, I can feel that controlling coming out and I need to ask God for help on that. And he's the same way. So to say that it's always like, oh, it just mends perfectly. No, we have different personalities. We're both leaders. We both have our own ministries. And when we come together, it's about, you know, watching and keeping in check those tendencies that can come up. So that's so good. Thanks for sharing. I love that. Mm -hmm. So lastly, as we wrap up, um, what place would you say you're between? What are you looking forward to? I am in an in-between place right now because I have been um, really doing faithful workouts, mainly on my own. You know, Wendy, you came in and helped for a while, which was wonderful. And people have come in and out who have helped, but it was in February of this year, just a couple months ago, that I re- had to. I felt like I really needed to get away for a couple days and sit with God because my life pace was just—it was too much. I mean, working 70 hours a week, you know, and when you're doing ministry, it's hard to put those stops on because it's like, oh, I'm telling people about Jesus, you know, gotta keep going. And so I went away for a couple days, and God, the first thing He said to me is, you know, because I went to Him and I said, God, what do I need to do less of? What should I stop doing? What should I do differently? What should I add? And for the most part, he said, you know, what you're doing, they're beautiful things, but you need help. (laughs) No kidding. Thanks, God. It was like this approval that if he saw me, I need help, then he'll get me the finances 
to have help. So I've got some people who, one of them in particular, a complete miracle on how it's even happening, that she's walking away from a very high-powered position in the business world to come now and work with me. So I'm having people come along and help, which is going to be different. I will have a team around. So I'm kind of in between where I feel like, and I'm still doing, of working a lot of hours to coming to a place where I'm working with a team and I can then focus more on the things that I feel that I'm really gifted at and not so much on the things that these other people are gifted at. So they can they can help out. So I, I believe what's to come is going to be more like a normal 40 hour work week and not, you know, more. I think our, our ministry is going to have so much more power to it because we'll have people doing things that I'm not gifted at. And the biggest change actually happened at three in the morning. So I'm talking like 12 hours ago. Wow. I am never one to be awake in the middle of the night. But last night I was taken out of bed and sat with God and we are making a huge change in our ministry and we're offering everything for free. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's going to be the membership, online membership. Oh. If they want the app, they're going to have to, you know, that's going to be an extra sure. cost. It's a big change that just occurred. So when you say, are you, what place are you? Well, it just happened. Like this yeah. has all been evolving. And I think that's really important when we are doing God's work to allow it to evolve. Absolutely. And if he's calling you to make a change, it doesn't mean what you've done was wrong. He's just asking you now to make a change, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I learned things all over the last 10 years, and for right now, for whatever reason, I feel very strongly this is what he's calling me towards at this point. So I got people coming in to help. I'm going to work like this, and I'm not going to have all the technical issues of a membership site and logins and payments. So I'm excited. It's, it's really- all about the journey. And God is equipping you in the process. And I love how he's already providing and how awesome to get a front row view of it all. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, How can people find out more about Faithful Workouts? Well, since now you know that it's about to be free, not quite yet, but in a little bit, it will be because we're redoing our whole website. It's faithfulworkouts.com. When you go there, there'll be a cute little button that says, get started. I'll explain to you how to use our tools and resources. And then there's hundreds of workout videos. And when I say for all fitness levels, I really mean that. Like we have videos where I'm sitting in a chair and I'm just doing it. So if someone needs to go slower and they need to sit down, they're good. But I'm also someone who loves burpees or squat thrusts, whatever. So I'll take it pretty hard. I love like, you know, mountain climbers and that kind of stuff. And every time you do a workout with us, you're going to hear something. Hopefully that, you know, touches your heart and the music. And then there's the recipes. So that's where you go. Lots of that. Lots of tools, faith, fitness, and food all in one place, which makes it easy. I love that. Faithfulworkouts.com. And she's on Instagram and Facebook at Faithful Workouts. So make sure you look her up. We'll see you guys again next week for another episode of The Places Between. Again, just such a great conversation. I think what I loved so much about hearing Michelle talk about her life and her journey. You know, so many people that we've talked to so far and that you've, you've sat down with and even our own stories, it's people that have known the Lord since a young age, or they've seen kind of a calling on their life since a young age or felt a calling. And then you have Michelle that comes to the Lord as an adult after she's had three kids. I think she was in her early forties. I thought, I thought she said, and that God still using her, 
obviously have a specific plan for her life. And I think that's so exciting for anybody who comes to the Lord later in life or hasn't come to the Lord yet, thinking, does this disregard me in God's kingdom and God's work? Mm. And Michelle shows us that absolutely not. God has a plan for you, whether you met him at three or 13 or 47 or 73, that God can still do so much with your life and reach so many people. Yeah. 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 One of the things that I love about Michelle was her just courage and even almost the childlike belief that like God says something. And then she's like, Hey, I guess I'm going to show up to this sea of unknown people. people. And just, I think so many times in life we get in our own heads, we are our own opposition. Whereas to a new person of faith, to somebody who's never experienced, I mean, she wouldn't know God's voice from before she, right became a believer. And then she hears God say, go to this place and prepare a workout DVD. And she was like, okay, God. Yeah. It's like those of us that have known God a little bit longer, you kind of see in the trajectory of our life, we're like in it. And then we like curve away and you know, you know, when they like go away and come back, blah, blah, blah. But like she met the Lord and she dove in. And I think that has a little bit to do with her meeting the Lord at a later age. Mm -hmm. that boldness maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Well, she is such a joy just to get to watch and do life with. And she is truly a mentor to me on so many levels. I kind of want to be her. (laughs) I was like, I want to be her friend and I want to hang out with her kids. (laughs) Yeah, they're great. Awesome. Well, we hope you all enjoyed this conversation with Michelle and Faithful Workouts. And please be sure to to look her up and, and follow those links that Wendy, Wendy talked about, but also like, and subscribe here at the places between. We hope y'all have a great week and we can't wait to see you next time. I'm over here cheering you on friend. You just finished another episode of the places between podcast. If you want to access more, be sure to subscribe or visit theplacesbetween.com to learn more about our guests, episode sponsors, upcoming retreats, and more. Like Stay in the Story, a 25-day devotional all about staying in your story while you wait on your dreams, on God, and on life to come to fruition. And lastly, if you're looking for an online community of people who also want to transition well, then come say hi over on Instagram at The Places Between. As always, thanks for taking time to dive into The Places Between. Until next time, keep enjoying that journey.